Welcome to the Keep Shooting Podcast. This is episode five. Uh, before I get started here, I would like to just address uh, what's going on with my voice right now. I'm a little stuffed up. Um, I have a child, aka a two-legged walking germ, and um, when she wants to give me kisses, even if you know they're snot running down her entire body, it feels like uh, I still got to give her kisses, right? And then this is what happens. But you know, you know, somebody got to do it. It's just the uh, Part of the part of the job, part of the job of being a parent. So your boy's a little stuffed up. Got Thanksgiving going on in my head. That's what it feels like. Got a lot of stuffed up stuff. Um, anyway, I don't even know if that makes sense. But uh, what I wanted to get into today was addressing my beef with beef. And if that isn't the corniest thing of all time, I'm not sure what is. But we're gonna roll with it. Um, if you don't know what beef is, and I would I would assume that a, a lot of people do, when you go to a basketball camp, or or maybe when you went to you know your your dad in the driveway or whatever have you, mom or dad, a lot of times people would uh, would start to say what beef was, and and beef was an acronym for balance, elbow, eyes, and follow through, and I guess in a, in a way it's a good you know you know a very high level overview of of what it takes to be a shooter, but. I think the fact that it's been around so long, it could it could deserve to be tweaked. Um, do I have the absolute answers for the tweak? No. But what I did want to do was go through and address each letter and how I would change it moving forward. So uh, here's my beef with beef, uh, and let's do it. Let's uh, let's rock with it. So the very first B in the the, the B is for balance. Uh, and is balance important in shooting? Balance is extremely, extremely important in shooting. I think it's uh, arguably one of the one of the big most uh, important facets of it. Now, the problem is, unless you were taught differently than me, and I've been to many, many camps, and I've, I've talked to many people, when we talk balance, often it it comes in a uh, in a way of being stationary. And if you if you played the game of basketball and you ever became a good shooter, you'll know that everything you do is everything but stationary. So balance is dynamic. And so while I understand we, we want to, okay, we want a solid foundation, legs, shoulder width, whip hit, what, what, whatever, whatever have you. Yes, that's important for sure. But we, what we need to do is do a better job at starting to branch off from stationary and making things more dynamic as it is. Right. And then I think part of that is understanding balance in general. And as shooters, we lose, ba- we lose balance in two ways. We lose balance if our head's down, if our eyes are pointed towards the floor. It's a lot harder to stay balanced, right? Because that means that we're, we're, we're kind of toppling over. And the second thing is the ball being away from our body. So the more the ball is away and disconnected from our body, the body now starts to control us rather than us controlling the ball. So what we have to do is figure out a, a step-by-step process in getting a player to understand those principles Maybe not with necessarily going into that much detail with it, but at least giving them drills and giving them things to do that implement those things and so that it's almost tricking them into doing it, right? It's, it's, it's in a way, it's, it's, it's addressing balance um, without having to get too complicated. Uh, one of the first things that I like to do with this uh, is it's just a very simple hop drill. And it's one of those things where just if you were to take form shooting, we start in the one position, one, two, through. Um, if you're if you're going to start and what the one position is, is where we hold the ball to start. Instead of just traditional form shooting, 
I'll have them hold the ball in that one position, that starting position, take a two hop, two, take a two hop jump forward or a one hop jump. I'm sorry, two feet, land on two feet, and then we go up with our shot. It doesn't necessarily have to be fast, right? But all I want to do is is get them used to moving. So now we have our traditional. Okay, our feet are where they need to be. We have a good solid foundation. Now let's start to add very very small movements to it. And while we do that. I want them to be aware of how they're holding the basketball. And oftentimes what you'll see is players will start to start their hops and their, their arms will start fla- fla- uh, flaring all over the place and they'll land and now it's harder to get back into the shot. And it, it, goes, it goes to prove how the ball being away from their body uh, ends up costing you balance at the end of the day. So if you're aware on the forward hop of the ball starting in the one position, ball around abdomen area, and then on the forward hop, the ball not moving from that position, it starts to set the stage for the shooter to to understand how important it is to get the ball back to that position as early as possible so that the ball can then move first in our shot. So I explained in the in the Build Range podcast about, you know, Every time, we, if, if we really want to start to build range, we have to understand sequence and energy transfer, and the ball is going to have to move first. It's the only way that you're going to be able to start to shoot consistently, um, and then it will also be it will also allow a shooter to shoot, you know, the ball in one continuous direction. So little things like that start with a forward hop, go to a backward hop. Although I would say a backward hop probably comes last after the the two side hops. Uh, backwards hop are a lot different. Your players are landing on their toes. And now they have to do a bunch of things, right? They have to land on their toes, and now they have to redirect all that energy away from the hoop and come back to the hoop. So there's a bunch of stuff that you're working on there. But these are very, very simple ways to work on balance as a shooter. Uh, I also think that the the two-foot hops are, are great to start because, for the most part, younger kids understand uh equal equal uh transfer of energy uh off the hop rather than the one two so i i do think eventually obviously you're going to have to be able to to shoot with all different types of footwork but if you can start with the hop it it's some for some reason clicks with younger players um as to equally distributing their their energy moving you know going up into their shot so i always stick with the hop so like i said that's a very very simple way to start it but balance is just so much more than standing still. Uh, it's 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 understanding how dynamic it is, and and that's why I get into a bunch of different balance type things. And people say travel and all this stuff, but you have to understand when I'm doing those things or when I'm teaching those things. Yes, I understand in the grand scheme of things that's a travel. But what I'm trying to do is get you to under, understand your body and understand what you have to do posi- uh, body wise to get yourself in a position to be able to move and shoot. And that's really what we're after at the end of the day. So will I sacrifice some drills for, with the travel for the, for, the, for the greater good of you understanding balance? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I used to do, a, I used to do a, a drill on balance. I would stand on one foot, tap the ground, then come back up and shoot. And to this, I will never do that ever again. Um, I, I don't see the, the, the transfer of it in, in any regard. Uh, if anything, it makes the body move up at the same time uh, as the ball is coming up. It's just not a very, it's just not a very uh, practical drill in a way. So when I teach balance, uh, everything is is more done so with with movement from here on out, and that's that's just what I what what I find to work. Um, I think it's important that you can look back on things that you've done or things that you've taught, 
and understand that, hey, I was doing that because I thought it was good. And really, we don't know the why behind what we're doing. So uh, that's just that's that's my view on balance. And uh, so, yeah, balance. We got to change to make it more dynamic. Okay, so the uh, the next E in beef would be elbow. Or is it eyes? Balance eyes. I think it's balance, elbow, eyes, follow through. But we'll go elbow. We'll go elbow now. So elbow. Across America, across the world probably, there are dads screaming at their kids, get your elbow in. You need to get your elbow in. What are you doing? That's why you're missing shots. Here's the thing. The elbow is not the problem, right? In business, I've worked in the corporate world for quite a while. In business, we used to do this one thing. I worked at this uh, insurance company. We used to have a mandatory meeting every week. It was called root cause problem solving. And people would bring forth issues that were bothering them or things that were things that were causing them trouble in the workplace. And, and they want to get to the bottom of it as into why it's happening. And oftentimes what we actually viewed as the problem and what was glaring wasn't actually the cause of it. The cause came from something completely different, which we would call the root cause of the problem. So when it comes to the elbow flaring, I would say 9.9999999 times out of 10, it's going to be because the shooting hand is not properly gripping the basketball. If the shooting hand is not properly gripping the basketball, the elbow is generally going to flare. And what I mean by properly gripping the basketball is that when we ultimately come to that position where our hand comes underneath the basketball so we can get it to lift up in the air, if that hand is not under and in the middle of the ball, whether that be your index finger in the middle or your middle finger or a split grip, whatever have you, we just need equal coverage on the ball. If that is not the case and you are not able to remove your guide hand and the ball just sits in that position, chances are your elbow is going to flare out. So if we just tell a kid to address the, the elbow issue, hey, move your elbow in, but yet we don't address the grip. Now we got the same grip with an elbow that's in, and it's going to cause very, very, very similar problems. This is the same thing I call it with the guide hand. A lot of people will like to automatically say that uh, you, you have somebody that's uh, th- flicking a ball. Oh, how do we get the guide hand to, to come off to, to in the right spot and all this? It's not really about the guide hand being in the right spot. It's about the shooting hand being in the right spot so the guide hand can then find its rightful place on the basketball, right? So always look at the shooting hand first. That is where we first make contact with the ball, and that is what's usually the cause of the big problem. So will the elbow have, the, the elbow will naturally come in afterwards, if you can hear my dog snorting in the background, she's rolling around. I got an English bulldog. She's more congested than me, 24-7, 365. Anyway, if, if, you, if you address the shooting hand and then the elbow, you'll see that the elbow will then naturally start to come in, right? That's just what's going to happen. It might not be completely into the point where you're like, oh, that's textbook, but it's going to start to come in a little bit. So I think that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big play. Your elbow will always be under the basketball in some type of way. It might not be directly under the basketball, but it's going to be under the basketball. So that takes the, that takes the elbow. The third is eyes, which I actually think is perfect. I think eyes don't need a whole lot of adjust, uh, 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 you know, tweaking. I do think that we almost downplay how important our eyes are in shooting. So as I mentioned, er, mentioned earlier with balance, 
Uh, we lose balance when our head's down or the ball's away from our body. This is where eyes become so crucial, especially when you're on the move. So this is how I do a lot of turns, things that involve turns with balance. And if you watch and you slow things down, you'll see that I'm always trying to locate that rim as soon as possible on the turn. So I know it's a, it's a very, um, it's almost like a trendy thing to say, rim location, rim location. Well, why are we locating the rim? We're locating the rim because studies show, there's some great quiet eye studies that show, hey, if you, the longer you can lock in on your target, the more successful you're going to be. If you watch Steph Curry at the foul line, Steph Curry will go to the foul line, he'll do his entire routine, and his eyes do not stray away from the basket. It's incredible. I don't see a lot of players do that. And there's a reason why Steph Curry is the best shooter that has ever lived, right? So in these quiet eye studies, they show that looking at, at a hyper-specific part of the rim is what will increase your shooting the most. Right, So that's not just looking at the front or looking at the back. It's if you're looking at the front, are you picking a small spot in the front to look at to try to try to zone in on? Because when you start doing that, then your margin of error, it, you, you, there's, a, there's a greater margin of error because you're, you're so hyper-specific that even if you don't hit it, you're probably going to start making shots. Right, So I think eyes are, eyes are extremely important. The more you can keep a player's eyes up, the better at the end of the day. My, my dog is testing my patience. Tell you that much. Tell you, tell you that much. Okay. So eyes are important. I think that's what they need to be. I think that's a huge thing. I always tell players when they're doing things, they'll, they'll start looking at the ground. And I'll say, uh, I'll say hey, there, what, what's down there? Hey, what's down there for you? Uh, there's nothing. Okay, then let's not look down there. Let's look at our target. Because there's nothing. There's no money on the ground. There's nothing there that, that you need. Let's just keep our eyes on the target. So I think eyes, you know, eyes are, are very very, very important. And the last of the beef would be follow through. Now, follow through is extremely important. I think that it's, it's awesome. Uh, but why do we follow through? So I think if you would ask nine out of nine point, I'm not gonna do that again. But you would ask a lot of people, hey, why do you follow through? And somebody say, well, I, I, you know, just to finish the shot. Yeah, but why? Why are we doing that? I can make shots without following through. So why do we follow through? What's the big point of doing it? And the real reason that we follow through is because us locking out elbow, locking out wrist at the end or snapping that wrist down basically signals to us that we're doing everything in our power to push up and through the middle of that basketball as much as we can, right? You have to do two things to make shots. Rob says you have to do, he said the most thing and the most important thing to make shots is shoot it straight. I like to say shoot it up and shoot it straight. Those are the two things we want to do, Right? If we just shoot straight, if we just shoot straight with no arc, we're not going to make a lot of shots. We need to shoot it up and straight. So isolating the ball to one hand is going to help us shoot the ball straight. Now, getting completely underneath the basketball is going to help us shoot the ball up. And us locking out our locking out our elbow, locking out our follow through is ensuring that we're getting the most power possible after getting up up under that basketball. So when we're following through, it's a signal. It's like that final check that says, okay, did everything I could to get under and snap that basketball through, right? And you want that follow through to, you know, elbow around, you know, the, the eye area or, or, or whatever have you. You don't want it too straight out in front of you. It's too straight. Then it's, you're, you're more passing the ball than you are shooting the ball. So the follow through is definitely important. I think that's, that's, that's one of those things that um, it, I'm, I'm fine with it staying there. But I also think that we need to, you know, hammer home the why behind we're doing it if you understand why you're doing it maybe it's probably it's probably going to be a lot easier for you to repeat the big glaring thing that i think is missing um in the whole beef thing is is how we grip the basketball 
And how we grip the basketball is actually the first thing that we do. So the way, that's our first contact with the basketball. We have to grip the ball before we, ever get, before we ever get to anywhere else. I mean, I guess balance a little bit because if we're setting up for a shot. But um, after balance, it would then have to be something to do with grip. And I've seen some things um, regarding the, uh, the gap. Why, why do we show a gap? Why, why would you show a gap? I could show you pictures without a gap. Here's the thing. Um, the whole reasoning behind the initial teachings behind how we grip the basketball, you would see people do two extremes. You would see them hold the ball on their fingertips and they say, hey, do you have control this way? And somebody would say, no, absolutely not, right? And then you would see somebody roll the ball down deep into their palm without their fingers really touching the ball at all. And they would say, do I have grip of the basketball now? And they would show the ball rolling around in their hand. And then the kids would say, no, right? And then they would roll the ball back up the hand, put it on the finger pads, right? And then say, and then, and then if they wiggled the ball around, you saw that the ball never moved. And then they would ask, okay, do I have grip of the basketball now? And all the kids say, yes. Now, what happens a lot with that is when you actually roll the ball up into the finger pad area, there is a little tiny space there in the palm. That's just the way our hands are built, right? This, the, our hands are built. There's going to be a little bit of space. That doesn't mean it's not touching the palm, but there's definitely a little space. So when you're trying to hammer home a point with a, with a kid or somebody that's just – they're looking for markers in terms of if they're doing something right. It's not about – it's not as much about don't let the palm touch the ball as much it is we want the ball to get on our finger pad so we have control of it. And when we do, there's often a little space there, right? That's where that space often comes from. Now, you can take pictures and say, oh, this person palm – that's fine. That's more than okay. That's not the issue at hand. The issue at hand is not the palm touching the ball. The issue at hand is do we have control of the ball with our finger pads? If not, we're going to struggle to shoot the ball. That's just the way it's going to be. So when you're teaching this stuff to kids, the kids are very visual. So you just showing that little you showing that little gap there is going to be a signal for them of where the ball needs to come upward into their hands and how they need to grip the ball. Right. You telling a kid, hey, it's fine if your palm touches the ball doesn't ever address the fact of how we actually have to grip it. And that is where the teaching comes in. That is where the understanding has to come in, because without that understanding, it's going to be extremely hard for a player to really get a grasp on what grip has to be. Now, the second part of it is where should we grip the basketball? What's the middle of the ball? Should it be the index finger in the middle of the ball? Should it be the middle finger in the middle of the ball? Should you have a split grip? We're all different, right? We're all different. I would say that on, you know, on average, you're the, the, the middle of the basketball is either going to be with your index or the middle of your hand is either going to be with your index or more of a split grip. But what's important is that you have equal coverage on each side of your hand when your hand comes underneath the basketball, right? So if you were to draw a line, if you were to spread your hand out how you shoot and you were to measure from your index finger to your thumb and then from your index finger to your pinky, it's going to be a relatively close distance to the same. So therefore, the index finger is now the middle of our hand. We have now full coverage that way. Our middle finger is more often than not not the middle of our hand, especially the way we spread our fingers out to shoot. Right? We can spread our thumb a lot further than we're able to spread our ring and our, our, ring and our pinky. But I do, I do find that the split grip, usually whatever in the middle of your – the point between your index and your middle finger and draw from that point to your thumb and that point to your pinky is going to be very, very close. It's going to be very close. So what's important is we have equal coverage of the basketball and we're able to shoot through the middle of the basketball. We want our index finger and our middle finger to be the last two fingers that touch the ball. 
is it going? I've shot thousands upon thousands of shots, and I cannot tell you which finger continuously touches the ball last. But what I do know is that as long as it's one of those two fingers, everything's going to be all right. We're trying. We're, we're not going to be perfect shooting the basketball, but we want to come as close to perfect as possible. So if we can make it one of those two fingers, we're setting ourselves up on the right track, right? So uh, I hope this was valuable for some people today. I apologize for my voice. Uh, that's just the way. That's the way it's going to go. Uh, I, I'm here this weekend by myself. My my wife is actually at a. Uh, she's she's at her sister's house, and they're watching my nephew play basketball. But I got a bunch of trainings lined up today and tomorrow, which I'm excited about. And um, that this is why I'm, this is this is me. I I don't know what to do with myself when my wife's not around. So I said, let's let's. I'll do a podcast. We'll do a podcast. So um, there's my beef with beef. I guess it's not. You know. It's it's nothing anybody's you know gonna write about on the blog sites, but I think it is something worth addressing at the end of the day. Um, I appreciate you guys. I really re- real quick wanted to just talk about my keep shooting subscription. Um, I've had some great response so far. It's been awesome. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, it's forty nine ninety nine a month, and you have complete access to me. Whatever you want, whatever you need in terms of. Me breaking down video, you having questions, you looking for progressions to get better, all that kind of stuff. You have me basically at your disposal to text whenever you need me. Um, I'm not doing it in a sense. I'm not doing it because uh, I'm, I'm just trying to. It's not a money grab for me um, because it, it does take up a good amount of time. What it is is I have hundreds of people message me and ask me for help. And it's a way to kind of weed out the people that really want the help at the end of the day. Um, I have no problem helping people. But I, I, I do have a problem when I, when I put forth my time and, you know, people kind of just look at it and then dismiss it and then don't do anything with it. Um, so it's not always fair to me. So it's a way to, you know, find the people that are actually serious about wanting to get better at shooting and, and, then, and then going from there. But there's no direct way it's, it's, uh, it's set up. It, everything is catered to you individually. Um, there is my private vault of videos that are continuously get added to that you'll always have access to. But um, really the thing is you have me. And I'm here to, I'm here to do whatever I, whatever I can to help you become a better shooter at the end of the day. So please go check that out. You can go to cmikedunn.com and go under virtual training and then the Keep Shooting subscription. And uh, if you have any questions, please please contact me. So uh, that is it for today. Uh, Thank you for everybody who has rated and uh, left comments on here. I appreciate it. Uh, I think I'm going to keep this going. I think I am going to keep this going because I I really do enjoy it. And I think that a lot of people are getting some value out of it. Um, So we'll keep the ball rolling on that. We'll keep the ball rolling on that. So I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. I'm going to release this on Monday. TGIM. You ever heard of it? TGIM, baby. That's what it is. Um, But I hope you have a great week. Keep shooting as always. And until next time, man, thank you. I will. I don't know how to end things. Okay. End.